Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is March 11th. It's Monday. It's the beginning of the week. We're getting started on yet another great week in our lives. It is the five years anniversary show of our show. And I say our show because it is all of us. It's your questions, your dreams, your ideas to have Relationship Wednesday, your ideas to have Dream Theme Thursday, your ideas that drive every single show, your questions. And because of that, it's given us such a forum to learn and such a forum to ask questions in a place where normally every day. And Christ coming to me or me seeing him, I think he's here all the time. I just happened to see him, went from being a shock, an idea, then a reality, then I'm living it. Then I'm doing it, and then it becomes normal. And the coolest thing about the whole thing was that we all went through that together. And for those of you who signed on in year two, year three, year four, now we're in year five, and you go back and listen to the first shows, the amazement of seeing Christ has never gotten old. It's like brand new every single day of my life where I can get up every morning and do this with that same amazement. I don't know if throughout my life I will ever get over just seeing him. And yet the big news is what happened as a result of seeing him. Because that's where the rubber met the road, was being able to use and apply in everyday life what he was saying so that I could see the magic in it. Because there's something, you know, that you hear it, and it sounds great. We hear a lot of things that sound great. But the fact that he just, once he came, didn't go away again. And it began before I saw him. I just didn't know it was him. And then I found out and I was like, oh, 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 didn't expect that. But at the same time, the work had just begun. And who knew? And yet I was shown why why this statement is true, why love is love is love, it's just the relationships that are different, why one ounce of pure love will overcome any obstacle provided it's pure. And then asking the question, how do I know if my intentions are pure? And then realizing what that even meant to me or to my life. So taking that and now living it, And now realizing over time that the longer the time went by, 
the simpler the statements I did say got, the simpler my life got. My life started cleaning itself out. We all have this group of people in our life that we accumulate over time. And we forget that we're here to evolve each other and we get stuck with them. We get stuck with their attitudes. They get stuck with ours and we don't grow. And then when we don't grow, we start complaining. But really, we're not complaining about the other people. We're complaining that we are not continuing to grow. We are designed through and through to continuously learn. Even when we take breaks from learning so that we can catch up to what we've learned, once we've caught up, we start to get bored and we start looking for more information. And what's happened with seeing Christ and doing this show, and it's something he said, but again, until you live it, you have no idea what you're talking about. I know I didn't. And what, what happens is that startling realization that not only are we gonna keep changing, and there isn't that day where you're going to know everything. That we can pace the ball that's rolling down the hill. We can balance ourselves. We can understand that love is an energy and not a delivery truck that comes and fixes our lives. We start to see each other as people who all need to grow. We stop complaining that other people aren't delivering to us because usually when we complain about other people, it's our own complaints within ourselves. And when Christ said we are walking billboards of ourselves, he wasn't kidding. And I started out with this single mom. And I was doing great in my life at the time and actually quite happy with the status of my life probably the biggest thing I would have wanted was to be married and not dating because I didn't like dating I thought it would be fun and I'd never dated really before I got married I had a boyfriend that I met in college and then everyone found out and everything hit the fan because of cultures and all those kind of clashes and then I got married And then when I got out, I thought the whole world would be so exciting because I was walking into a world that had personal freedom, which I did not have or had ever. And then I found out sitting there meeting people after person, after person, after person that blaming. And I'm like, what are you complaining about? You're free. Because that was the most important thing to me. But it wasn't the most important thing to other people because they didn't even think of freedom as a big deal. And I started seeing like, wow, people are different. And people aren't what they look like sometimes. And sometimes they're way better than what they look like. And sometimes they scare me. And and I had to find my tribe. And I went from not wanting to tell anyone the story 
to doing, again, as Christ said, I would be an author, I became one. Today I wake up and of course I check my email every day. So I check it in the morning and I have yet another group of orders. I am selling origins of truth more than I did when I first wrote it. That book and Christ people find this, they will be starving for this knowledge. And in it, in it, angel, right now I come with it, but I'm just of service. That's what that means. It's not like, it sounds like such a fancy title, but faithless, remember that part. Because that's the part that gave me comfort. Because all I do every single day is remind you. You already know everything that I say. You already have it somewhere in you. And all I do is remind you. Because the truth is truth is truth. Before my time, and it will still be the same truth after I'm gone, I am just of service. That's it. I remind us, as he reminds me, so many things that we know is right. So when we hear it, we rest. But until we hear it, we keep trying to figure out what's wrong. Why isn't this working? Why isn't that working? And understanding what actually has a pure level level of energy so that we can proceed. Because when the energy runs out, we don't go anywhere. We just get stuck. Or we go backwards if we start listening to the things that take away from us. But by now, we kind of see that like second nature. Like, oh, I'm stuck. I won't be stuck forever. But if I'm stuck, what am I resisting? And we start asking questions. And we keep asking questions. It's, it's an interesting thing. However, there was something as I was writing up the show yesterday. And I thought, oh, man, yesterday was actually the five years. And I started with a co-host who I loved having. And it broke my heart when we no longer were doing it together anymore. Also had to accept change. I had to accept learning how to run the studio. I had to accept a lot of things. And as I was thinking of it for the past while and then last night when I wrote up the show, I was thinking about ego. And I think about how the seeds of ego, and I'm going to do a week on this, not just one show. But there's these little seeds of ego And they come in through fear, doubt, worry, control, guilt, anger, all those things that get in our way. I call them, you know, not thresholds, um, blocking. They block you from going any further, any further than you've gone to that date once you start accepting the fear, doubt, worry, control, or guilt. And what happens is ego will plant a seed. It'll just plant a seed like, 
Isn't this horrible? Don't you hate it when blah, blah, blah. Oh, and that person, they're in your way, and then they're, they're your problem. You're not your problem. They're your problem. And then you take it. And then after you take it, then it starts saying, and then the world, the whole world is upside down. It's not you. The world is messed up. Then we start taking on the sense that we have no power. The world is so big. How are we going to fight it? People are so much stronger than us. How are we going to do it? And the ego is pretty fierce. It, it might start out quiet and through fear, doubt, worry, control, or guilt, or anger, or whatever else that we can take away from ourselves with. Because those are its avenues. Once you listen to ego, you start feeling despair. People get panic attacks. People start getting very up in at others. They don't talk about how upset they are about themselves. They start judging others. And then you don't know why your attitude and your life are not working together. Ego is not, it's a part of every single one of us, but it is not an answer. We all have it because it's there to teach us what is and what isn't who we are. But ego itself is never going to be an answer. And once you listen to ego, and maybe you take it all the way through to hurting yourself or hurting other people verbally or physically or mentally, and you listen to it, you become predictable because ego only has one track, and that is to destruct. So the more you listen to it, the more destruction there will be in your lives, in any of our lives. Then the more despair and everything that takes you away from yourself will stop presenting itself in your life. Talking yourself down from ego because ego is getting pretty fierce. As we grow, it grows because it, it needs a lot more to fight you with. So at every stage of your life, ego will never not be there. It will always be there. Try to knock on your door. And if you open the door and let it in, it's going to take you down a road you actually don't want to be going down. However, you may go down that road if you just think you can control and fix what ego is telling you and still get the results it's promising you. Every promise ego makes is broken. Every single one of them. If you can think of ego that way, it will break its promises to you because it doesn't have the energy behind it to sustain an energy exchange with you because ego cannot deliver and it starts to ring hollow. So people who say, if I just get this person, I'll be perfect. Well, the reason you won't get that person is because that person cannot perfect you. And then people say, well, I always try and I don't get what I want. You're not trying from a place where energy can exchange within your world with another person. Wanting something, being myopic, can only last for so long. That's why I say 
all the time. The faster you get into something, the faster you'll jump out of it. And that especially is true for relationships. Because there isn't enough energy exchanges to sustain what you think you need or want from another person. And so that all the arrows point back to us, whether we're listening to ego, not believing in ourselves, which is ego's biggest job. But when we can tell that voice, cheat on your partner, you know what? You should take that money. You, you're entitled to that money, Mr. Accountant. You know what? You don't have to help people. You're okay. The hell with people. Nobody loves you. When it starts talking like that, you need to say, that's not true. I'm not even going to listen to that. Because it's just throwing spaghetti on a wall to get in your way. And if you buy that spaghetti on the wall, the one that sticks, then you are only going to get one piece of spaghetti and you will not get the rest of the pot to nourish yourself with. It's just that crazily simple. The reality is that Christ is here. In the last week, I have been listening to people on YouTube and different videos uh, who've seen Christ. I have been listening to people who say there isn't a Christ, that Christianity is the um, beginning of the downfall of all people, that Muslims are people not to be respected and dehumanized. And as you start to hear all these things, Christ will say that's exactly why we have outgrown religion. Doesn't mean religion is bad. It is a way of life. And if we can just acknowledge that it's a way of life, we can be objective about how we feel about God. So that reality alone, that we have outgrown religion, is why the next generation, the children of, say, myself and other people who have kids my age, they're saying, why do I go to church? Or why should I go when I already feel close to God? Community and a way of life, interacting with people. But you can create that everywhere once you understand that God is love. We don't have to be taught a million and one ways we can be punished for not being something somebody's telling us to be. Because that person is just as important as you are to God, doesn't have any special privileges to God. None of us do, because Christ said there is no soul more important than another behind. And there never, ever will be. There's a lot we don't understand why these things happen here on earth. And we don't have the capacity for a reason because we're here to grow our souls into understanding. We don't come ready-made. We don't have all the answers. 
And if we did, we would never get to each other. So living those thoughts, just like he said, it was an idea and then a reality. Now we're living it. We're saying, hmm, I'm going to try telling that voice in my head that takes away from me to get out of my head. It's not even my voice. That's not a thought that I would normally have. That's how you know. And I know sometimes I'd be like, where did that thought come from? And then if, if you push the thought away, the ego comes in with visions, you know, of how you're going to succeed and how you're going to do this. But it never gives you an exit plan. It never tells you how to get out of it cleanly. It shows you how you can lie your way out of it and, and pretend that what you're doing isn't what you're doing or have done. And so it keeps taking you down this road. As long as you listen to it, it will get bigger and bigger and bigger. So now that we see that and we're starting to, you know, take these ideas and thoughts and they work in our lives every day and we say, wow, this is this ended up being really true. I cannot tell you how many times people that I have grown up with, family members, sister-in-law, that tell me, oh, my God, I listened to your show. It's like hearing you talk. You sound the same. I'm the same person. But not only that, they know me. They know me. And the only thing that I don't have to give easily is time because there's only so much of it in a day. And this was, is my way of being able to talk and share what Christ is saying every day. Because I can't go individually. There's just, there's no way at this point. And the other thing that's happened in these five years, and it took 17 years to get here, was I finally got signed with an agent about two months ago. And I said, God, it's so weird to have an agent. And he'd say to me, Nadia, when he'd call me, this is your agent. He's a speaking agent, an international speaking agent. And I thought, okay, I still don't know what that means to me yet, but we're building speaking forums and we have a structure and they're doing all this stuff to do myself, but I can only go so far alone. And yet now I had to grow into understanding how to be with this information as a person. And come Thursday, a crew is flying in and we're going to tape videos and we're going to tape webinars and we're going to do that whole thing. And it's so cool because one of my goals, one of my goals was to get as much recorded information that I could. But look at how cool Christ is. When I thought of recorded information, I thought of videos because I figured you could see me, you could hear me, and it's done. And yet, these shows are recorded information. It reminded me of the books when I'm writing the books. Well, I didn't know I was writing books yet. I'm just writing because I'm frustrated and I'm asking questions and 
things in my life are like way bigger than I could handle. And this was a little bit before I saw him. And then after I saw him and, you know, marrying Sterling and the kids and this and that, it just was so overwhelming. And I would literally cry myself to sleep because I just didn't understand. And yet, while I'm writing all that crazy stuff, (laughs) this was the best part. I go, what about those books you said I was going to write? And he said, you've already written them. And I'm like, no way. I'm not sharing this information. This like names, names. I can't do that. Origins of Truth would have been 1,500 pages long, single space have all the original writings that came with it, with the characters, with the people, with the feelings that I had to have to be able to understand and to hear me not understand over and over again the question. And every time I asked the question, I got more experiences, not answers. I had to find the answers. I got scared of asking questions. I met all the angels. I met Michael. I met Gabriel. I met Joseph. I met Bethlehem. Sweet sweet Bessie was her name, is her name. Raphael, who helped with the writing. Crazy that this has become so normal to me that I don't even think, oh, this is Michael or this is Gabriel or, or whatever's going on. But that reality is so real. We are living it. We are doing it. And it is becoming normal. Normal now is being aware. Normal now. Normal now is you knowing who you are. I see Liam wrote Jacob sorry that I forgot about Jacob. I didn't forget him. I just ran out of naming, but thank you. And also Francis writes, the big message of the flower children was God is love. And most people laughed at them and they did. And when I first started, a lot of people didn't, I don't know if they laughed at me. I think they were more startled by what I was saying because I was startled. And I would tell them for me that I was crazy, but I knew I wasn't. I just thought what I was saying to them will sound crazy. And it probably did. But Christ is love. Christ is an angel of love. His name is loaded. That has been my biggest challenge in all of this. But that's who I saw. I can't change that. The reality is I feel better for knowing him. Living with that knowledge allowed me to do better in my life and then better became my new normal. And those seeds of ego that try to show stuff that's very titillating and very... I want to say you just get what you want back. Be careful. That's why the Japanese used to say when they were upset with somebody, I hope you get what you want. 
Because what we think we want and what we need are two different things. Thank you, Rolling Stones. You can't always get what you want, but you'll find sometimes that you'll get what you need. One of my favorite songs of all time because of that, that line right there. The seeds of ego. They're going to show up every day. Expect it. Sometimes I go, that's all you've got? Jeez. And I laugh at it. Because it isn't my thought. It isn't my energy. And it isn't what I feel in my heart. So I'm never going to let it seep in if I can help it. Only because I don't want to go down the road that it wants to take us. I only have a few seconds left. I can't believe this show is over already. But I will see you tomorrow. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate all of us. I love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.